I feel like it's time to tell you that these off-the-cuff conversations we've been having about film, mm-hmm. I have been editing and releasing. Oh, no. Yeah. I know you're very anti-podcasts because you think they're related to the pod people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sorry, Invasion of the Poddy Snatchers. That's a real fuck-up, right? (laughs) They got it right in the title. I mean, every time they wrote it in the script, it was just a massive typo. Oh, no, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was a Tomorrow Never Dies situation where uh, all through pre-production, Tomorrow Never Dies was called Tomorrow Never Lies. Um, And then someone typoed it as Tomorrow Never Dies and they preferred that title. Yes, it's a much better title. Tomorrow Never Lies works for the film better because it's the name of his newspaper that he is lying through. Like... It's not right. like hypothetically making. Uh, I, I remember nothing about that movie. Is is that one with the ice castle? Which, which no, no, no. That? That's die another day. That's die another day. Right. Yeah, yeah. That one's shit, right? Yeah, that one's yeah. shit. <laughs> and I'm just glad that we are past them making Bond films that are far too long and intercut kind of peerless action sequences with just long kludgy trenches of the most irritating lore ever. Like, I'm happy that Eva Green is still getting paid for, you know, two months of work 15 years ago but, like, the moment 10 minutes into No Time to Die when when um, Alea Sadu, soon to be killed by Paula Patton on the Burj Khalifa says what is it and Daniel Craig says oh it's Vespa and you're just like oh fuck off can you just can someone just shoot at you can we just get to the bit where you and Mr. Robot talk for like 10 minutes and you're like we're not the we're we're not so different you and I can we get to that we don't need like we don't need to see Q's house Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we watched number 34 on the Sight and Sound list, Bicycle Thieves, Vittorio De Sica's neorealist masterpiece about the soul-crushing degradation of systemic poverty. Our second film this week is BMX Bandits, a film with uh, almost the exact same name as Bicycle Thieves, but which is mostly just about glamour shots of people doing bike stunts on Sydney's nicest beaches. It's, uh, she, Nicole Kidman is very young, so I don't think you should be calling her a beach. Uh, that was not a good joke, was it? All right. <clears throat> the main problem is it just didn't really make much sense. No, I, beach, like, like, bitch. Oh, right, like, like they're oh, oh. doing stunts on her. <laughs> <laughs> Which they, she jumps over them well. Uh, yeah, a man yeah, yeah. in a Nicole Kidman way on a bicycle jumps over yeah. them. Uh, I, I was just wondering if you were going to say that uh, 
we have uh, made the mistake again that we promised we would never make, which is watching, which is accidentally watching two good films for an episode of this podcast. Uh, I, I, I did have that thought, but yeah. um, we have frequently watched two good films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, nah, making. Yeah, I mean, it is more like uh, after talking about the general and the dictator last week, which was a, a, a day ago for me and Finn. <laughs> Just being like, yeah, you know what? It's actually not that great to talk about flawed work. <laughs> and so I was really dreading going into the BMX bandits. I was like, is this just going, is this going to be like Age of Dragons where yeah. I have to do a monologue about how it's unredeemably boring, but no, everyone is doing their best. <laughs> but no, the, uh, at the moment, all the uh, there was a bank robbery where they were all wearing joke shop pig masks and speaking in the most clearly dubbed dialogue outside of the, uh, outside of the bicycle thieves. I was like, oh no, actually, cinema is great. <laughs> yeah, yep. When Nicole Kidman's body double, who is a, a man in a work that looks like Nicole Kidman's hair, is doing fun bike stunts. Just far enough away, you mostly can't see his stubble. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, yeah, this is, this is great. So, Finn, uh, yes. I, I have two thoughts. The first is cinema is man's best invention. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, and and I think we can prove this by talking about two films, <laughs> which are equally as good as each other, <laughs> just in incredibly opposite ways. Yeah, yeah. But but the 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 way and the reason they are good <laughs> is because that they know what they want to be, and then they do that perfectly. Yeah, just absolutely absolutely expert execution of 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 of, of in one case heartbreaking near realist drama, and in the other case. Uh, some some teens hanging out on bikes, <laughs> and, and and just in bright colours, and, yeah. and saying, being funny, but not really with the jokes and the script. So they're slightly out of phase with each other. It's uh, it's a crazy time, but there's no greater place because we've uh, uh, in your intro every week you say what 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 comes up when we juxtapose these two films, <laughs> and I was like. Watching The Bicycle Thieves, which uh, starts with the best possible beginning, let's say it together, several slides (laughs) about uh, how it was restored, the specific sources of the film prints it was working off. They used, they used free. They used three different prints. There was an original camera negative, but that was that was severely degraded. So they also had to use a dupe. that was made in 1997. I mean, it yeah. was like enough. Yeah, it's great. And it, and it is of course all in Italian. So you are reading a text card through subtitles. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, but then you get this. Um, Academy ratio, black and white, you know, 1948, neorealist, some establishing shots of post-war Rome, all this humanity huddled together, these bleak, you know, white text titles arriving on this huddle of men begging for work. And like, yeah, that's the perfect way to start a film. But also... 
you could start a film with an incredible synth solo <laughs> as words that that are chrome are formed by a laser <laughs> like the BMX bandits does uh, and and then just have incredible shots of two teens being quite good but not great at riding BMXs uh, in in like 1960s technicolors wide scope through uh, uh, Sydney and the the equal holy shit Finn yeah are we ever going to see better films than either of these is my question <laughs> to you I guess uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for for our uh, for for our upcoming uh, uh, Godfather two and Gotti episode. So, Finn, yes, uh, uh, are these the best two films we're ever going to watch? First way to answer that is, you are a big Bicycle Thieves fan. Uh, yes, and uh, and, the, the, oh. and and, and that, that me framing it that way is not to be like, and I hate it. It's just I have. I've only seen it twice, uh, uh, but yeah. Well, so I, I have also only seen it twice. Well, okay. So, so take us through the bicycle. Th- take us through yeah. your your love affair with the bicycle thieves. Yeah. So I I, I, I saw Bicycle Thieves in two thousand and sixteen, uh, in, in the in the same in, in the same like international cinema class where I first saw the Four Hundred Blows and Rashomon and all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, so I I I had not watched. I, I had not watched it again until last night, but I think about the ending of Bicycle Thieves maybe once every two weeks. Like it, 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 has, it has not left my mind in the last five years. And rewatching it last night and fucking crying at it. I was like, you know, this is, hey. no one's ever ended a movie this strong before. This is this is this is so incredible. And it was a joke. I was sort of working on a couple of years ago, which I never really finished because it was uh, too unwieldy even for me. But it was going to be me, me. It was going to be me describing the entire like last ten minutes of of Bicycle Thieves just in, in excruciating detail, just going through, just like like for, for like beat by beat how like how sad it gets and and how. And, and and how like you know exactly like how bad it's going to go and then it goes like, like then it goes exactly yeah. that bad and then we feel for like the, the final moment between the father and son where Bruno has just seen his father like humiliated and like brought to his lowest point and then he just like reaches up his hand and then like and, t- and takes his father's hand and they, they they like walk off together into a crowd. No, I was gonna I was gonna explain all of that and then say. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I think doctors should prescribe that for whatever the opposite of depression is. <laughs> uh, that is a long walk. For yeah, not- <laughs> no, no, exactly. That, that's why. That's why I never did it. Yeah, I mean, I also I cannot, as someone who structured a comedy festival show around a 10 minute description of the film Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider I can't argue like I'm not I'm not coming for you for that for that piece it just yeah uh, unwieldy as you say but also ah it just feels weird to joke about this film because it feels like you're joking about real people 
it, it feels like you're punching down, even though it is one of the most acclaimed pieces of fiction ever produced. Uh, uh, um, and justifiably so, I am. Like, I don't, I don't really think there's anything, uh, in it to argue against unless you're just like you just really hate italian people or like bed sheets yeah which like there are there are there are definitely negative reviews of, of this movie which are just people like being angry at like being like fake internet angry at italians there's a one-star review here that just says loud italian people and then a sort of frowny face cool yeah. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, and but but like even more than cool, it's funny, and that's what's really important. The thing I like about ironic racism on the internet is that it has never snowballed into having real repercussions <laughs> across the whole globe. It's completely mm. harmless, and it actually everything is nice and good and i love to read the news these days um but so like you 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 say you say that now yeah and you're probably right but also a few days ago i was with a group of friends and they were all just like uh they were all uh, they were just like uh, screaming the words gabagool at me for about five minutes and go and doing the like italian hand motion uh, yeah. and just doing that for a very long time and i laughed so hard that uh i got like back problems for the rest of the day uh, okay, so you, you, what you're admitting to is that you're part of the problem. Uh, yep, and I refuse to be part of the solution. Which is, I guess, I assume watching the many saints of Newark and being like, "Oh yeah, yep. it's good. It's like oh. yeah, it's it's good." Uh, so the bicycle thieves. Uh, uh, here is my pitch to you. It is maybe the tensest film I've ever watched. It's certainly the tensest film I've watched this year. So it is. It's it's the it's the first film to do an uncut gems and does a bit of an uncut gems. Well, and and you, so you start with uh, the title. The Bicycle Thieves. No, Bicycle Thieves. Yep. Sometimes it's called The Bicycle Thief. It yes. doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, Bicycle Thieves is a better name. Anyway. And uh, so and there's... some more accurate. I mean, they're, like, they're both... They're both accurate. They're bo- it's interesting what, what games they both play because mm. the singular makes you ask, like who the bicycle thief is changes through the story yeah whereas bicycle thieves uh, makes it be about everyone you know like it's like how hard it is to pick out who the act and by the end of the bmx bandits every kid on a bmx is a bmx bandit you know uh so if it had just been called bmx bandit you'd have to be deciding whether it was goose or the other one pj who's na- pj uh, uh um which, P- which played by angelo d'angelo <laughs> we okay we are gonna read <laughs> and yeah uh, the lead actor's name in this film's name is like david argue like like <laughs> shut up and listen to me argument argue it yeah. is like 
Oh, it, it, they all seem like fake porn names, but they're not. What an exquisite film. But so we we start with this guy, uh, 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 Ricci. Well, that's yeah. his family name, and he's he's desperately trying to get a job. His name is Antonio Ricci. He's played yeah. by Lamberto Maggiorani, who, uh, uh, who before this film was not an actor. He was a factory worker. Yeah. And what, 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 one, one of the, like, thing well one of the big things of italian neorealism was to use real people on real locations yeah. so instead of getting trained actors vittorio de Sica went and found actual people he found he found he found this guy working in a factory the actor who plays bruno who is antonio's child is a guy called enzo staiola mm. who uh was like seven years old when he made this movie he made like a couple other movies and then became a maths teacher and is um- still alive yeah, and, and looking great. Check him out on Google Images if you've got a chance, everyone at home. And like um, Maria, who is who is the matriarch of the family, played by Leonela Carell, was an interviewer, like a journalist, who showed up to interview De Sica about this new film he was working on. And the moment he saw her, he was like, I'm casting you. He cast people for look and energy. Like, he like so much of of because lamberto uh, as the lead has this just compulsively watchable nervous energy he yeah. is this just vibrating knot of a man and, he, and- he, he has got this incredible fucking face he's got sort of like a hugh laurie sort, sort, sort of a look but yeah. like, but like italian hugh laurie he's super mm. fucking hot it's great you, you, can't, you can't stop looking at him and and, and yeah, absolutely. And what does and, and, and his and his kid is so fucking fashionable. There's a scene early in the movie where he's getting ready for the day, and he's like standing up on a little step stool, putting pomade in his hair with, with a comb, and then he picks up a scarf and chucks it around his neck. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, it's the coolest seven year old of the world. This, this this kid, this kid rocks. Uh, I do think uh, it's not. Oh, it's not Sancho Oharu. What? Where, oh, oh. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. What De Sica is doing is taking the nerves of someone who's never been on film and is very afraid of fucking up and, and is cutting and directing them in a way where what they read as is just the obsessive anxiety of this man because he needs to find a job he needs to support his family yeah. and like fucking everyone does we see how desperate everyone is uh throughout and so yeah he gets he gets this job offer to put up posters but he has to use his own bike so uh they pawn all their sheets sheets to get his bike back yeah and, and the, the, then the, 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 the bike that they had previously pawned so that they could have food yeah uh and it's heartbreaking and they take the sheets and uh they store them in this big raiders of the lost ark uh pile uh they go up a ladder and tilt up there's more and more and you're just like fuck this is uh, so many people are in this situation this sucks so much yeah and 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 a few people are getting very very rich off of it uh, and you, and then for about the next fifteen minutes of the film, he's walking this bike around, and because it is a film called The Bicycle Thieves, and he needs it so much, every time the bike is out of shot, 
your heart stops like the alien is in the room or yeah. uh, yeah. like someone is watching the tape in the ring there, there's a bit where uh, his wife likes to visit like a wise woman yeah. and he leaves the bike on the street to go up and see her and I spend this whole scene just in my brain being like you're gonna come back and it's gone you idiot this is so yeah. painful <laughs> how dare there's, you there's, like, there's, some kid out, there's some kid out on the street and he's like hey yeah. look, look, look after my bike for me and he's like yeah sure and I go a kid's gonna steal the bike and it is just uh exquisite and then you get to the point where the the bike is stolen he's putting up posters and this trinity of crooks it catches their eye and they immediately go into their pattern where one steals it and then the other two pretend to help and misdirect him Uh, with you knowing the whole time that the people telling him oh he went that way are are, are, are equally criminals yeah now 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 that his bike has been taken he can't put up he can't put up the posters of uh of of rita hayworth and gilda yeah, and you're like, but how? But now, how are the Italians going to see this very good film noir? How how are they going to know about it? But that, and they don't. That's yeah. the in in that's in, the horror in, of, I mean, that, that's <laughs> the true heartbreak of, of of the film is knowing that they'll never get to see Rita Hayworth and Gilda. So you think? Can you? So when he goes and talks to um, uh, 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 he goes to the police. Yeah, and, and they're like, "Well, there's nothing really we can do," uh, uh, which is what's said to him a lot. How in that scene is it put across that the 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 Gilda absence is the real problem, and not the the intractable the intractable uh, problems of of society? Okay, so the thing is, you can't actually hear it because of the way the sound was recorded on this on certain Italian movies. But if you can mm. lip read. And you can lip read Italian. You can see all the people in the background being like, "Oh man, I, I wish I knew when Gilda was coming out here." I've been look, I've been looking forward to that for ages. I love Rita Hayworth films. Oh yeah, because they because obviously he's like, we would need a whole search team uh, uh, to find it. And in the background, you see, yeah, someone mouth. Uh, we have a whole search team dedicated to uh, finding out what the film Gilda is and so yeah. if the posters were up that that search team could be finding his uh his bicycle but then he he goes and meets up with some mates tell me about this wonderful kind of semi-fellini band of unionist singers living in a bunker who are uh, uh I don't know the best collection of characters ever to appear in a film I think yeah so he goes to this bunker where in one room there is a like meeting of of the like communist party or like trade unionists or something i mean in another room there are a cadre of performers who are uh, who are rehearsing a seemingly pretty bad uh, uh like musical comedy act which the uh, which which the which the trade unionists will watch in, a, in in like half an hour which mostly involves people kind of walking around and saying and like yeah. And like okay, music being played. I mean, singing a song that is, I think, supposed to be funny, but it's not funny because we are uh, n- we are not Italians in the year twenty twenty one, and not yeah. Italian people in nineteen forty eight. But I'm sure this was the funniest possible thing. 
the the a thing I want to flag is that the thing the unionists are talking about is how they don't want welfare; they just want jobs. They just yeah. want a ministry of works making things. And obviously, uh, uh, you know, I would be like, "Whoa, guys, let's think about welfare." But just the the sense that that this film is about people who are at a loose end because there is not enough work uh, and how they just desperately lack the dignity of applying themselves when they want to and that even when they do it is as like deliberately kind of hacky musical theater stuff and so they were all immediately like oh okay so it'll be at this market they'll have broken it up but let's all go because they're just desperate to fucking do something everyone's just like full of energy to make shit happen and because these are all like unemployed leftists they're like we'll fucking help you out because we've got nothing better to do and you 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 need this fucking job and we need to like help you help your family and shit and so they they, they, they they go down to like the main bicycle market mm-hmm. and man, they look for so many bikes. There's so many bikes. Like I, so listeners at home, I know how many bikes you're imagining and it's like one and a half times that much. It is. It's a load of bikes. Yeah, it's, it's roughly 50% more bikes than you expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which is, you know, it's not that much. But it it is it's quite a few bikes and um they're like it's probably been split up so we're looking for the body we're looking for the the handles yeah, the wheels like all you, separate you, you uh, Giuseppe go look for the tires Mario you go look for the like you you go look for the frame they they they, they send Bruno the son off to look for, for for the bell and the pump and while he is at, at the uh, at the stand that only sells bicycle bells and bicycle pumps, there is just like an old man standing there, like, "Do you want to? Would, would you would you like a bell, little boy?" And like ring the bell in his face, like, "I can buy you this bell if you want." You would <laughs> do like this? Would you like this bell? It's a pretty bell, isn't it? Uh, uh yeah, it's pretty freaky. There, like, there is oh, this uh, just weird. While, 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 while we're on the subject of uh, while we're on the subject of communists. <laughs> uh, I, was clean, I was cleaning out a drawer. Uh, I was cleaning out a drawer today. I found this uh, not 1961 ruble. Uh, you, can't, you can't see it. You can't see it that no, well, but no, it's, it's a five ruble coin. Why? From, How from did you? I've no idea. Like actually, no idea. Time slipped. My dad went to like East Germany briefly in the mid eighties. So uh, he, yeah. he might have got a ruble then, but I have no idea. Because he he was the atomic blonde's handler for some time, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, he, he was. He was James McAvoy. No, James McAvoy is not a handler. No, no, I, I, I know. He's oh, one of the right, right, yes. Yeah. Well, well, then which James McAvoy is, is he? Was he? Was he the the fig figwit, the the uh, uh, Hedwig, the the little boy James McAvoy, yeah. or you know the Beast, the yeah, the eighteenth no, yeah, personality? No. Back in the mid eighties, when he was in East Germany, my dad was the Beast. Oh, oh no, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 horde is that what it's called well the horde is what they are called together right yeah the, yeah. the beast is the the, the, the dangerous the pers- personality yeah right. yeah 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 um oh, that, yeah it's good asterisks uh offensive <laughs> but you know if you want to see a non-offensive but good m night Shyamalan film and you've got weird feelings about aging check out old it's 
it's better than you think. And, you know, you should think it's pretty good, because, you know, uh, Vicky Creeps. From what I can tell, it is the most divisive movie of the year. There are so many people online like, this is absolute shit, the worst fucking movie of the year. I mean, people are like, no, you fucking dumb as hell, this is the best <laughs> this movie, this movie rocks. It's the, the best yeah. movie of the year. It, it, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I think we will be talking about it at the end of the year uh, at the Shite and Sound Shite and, and Showdown. I, I, I still have for the not crowd. seen it, sadly, but I will hopefully do yep. that soon. Uh, but I think people who don't like that film are people with very restricted ideas of how you should present narrative on film. Yeah. Um, and if 12 Angry Men, but it's not a court, it's a beach that makes you old... <laughs> And uh, they're, they're, they're not deciding any fate. They're just hanging out. Does and isn't a good isn't a good pitch of a film for you. You're you're cuckoo crazy. Anyway, um, and it's got like oh yeah no just, uh, I just don't know how people can look at a film where like uh God Rufus Sewell pulls a super growing tumor out of Vicky Creeps <laughs> while people have to hold the wound open because it's automatically scarring back together too quickly and be like, nah, this is actually lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's great. And then, um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. Ch- anyway, speaking of good shit, so they think they find the body of the bike. Yeah. Uh, uh, this guy's painting it, and they're like, what number is this? And there's this big standoff. So Antonio calls over a police officer, and is like, hey, I think this is my stolen bike. And and, and the police officer's like, yeah, sure. Bro, tell, tell him the fucking serial number. And so he reads it out, and it's not his bike. And now he looks like looks like a bit of a doof. Yeah. But, l- but luckily, that's as embarrassed as he's going to get the whole movie. Yeah, no. Then as as uh, he, gets. he he goes one stall over, finds his bike, uh, and, and then the, the, the guy gives it back to him, no problems, no questions asked. Yeah, and the remaining fifty minutes of the film are um, just jaunty kind of uh, demi montages uh, of well, this it, it's, man. It's, it's, it's just him and his son getting drunk in a pizzeria. <laughs> right um uh, they they go to a second market yeah where it starts raining and it is the best scene of rain uh in any feature film yeah, it is the- do you know who they see when it starts raining sergio the- leone yeah yeah they go hide under an awning and there are a bunch of german seminary students there and one of the german seminary students is played in an uncredited role by sergio leone who was working on the film he was like assistant he was like second art director or something right he was some low-level job yeah and and yeah i i had totally forgotten that he was in this and when i was like looking it up on letterbox last night and i and I saw he was in. I saw that he was a seminary student. I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah!" Like, of course, of course, he went on to make the like several of the best movies of all time because this is where he started out. But also, like, you can tell why his films are so dry if his if his first appearance on film is in this scene, which is which used up all of Rome's water. 
uh, and ha- was up for firefighters came along and were spraying <laughs> their hoses into the air. Like yeah. uh, so much of the success of this film is a neorealist work, as 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 a vanguard and defining text of Italian neorealism and realism generally, is how like high budget they had to go to do it. They were frequently shooting on loads of cameras. Really, almost all action was heavily choreographed and right down to like when it rains it's firefighters pointing their hoses in the air and it's just like it's yeah then for for, for like the next few scenes after that the streets are like covered in water and because the streets of Rome are all like cobblestone but like water is like pulling and flowing in and like divots in the cobblestone and people just like run around it looks fantastic Mm. but they also see they don't just see Sergio Leone they see the thief uh, yeah. uh, and he's talking uh, to an old man uh, uh, and so they go over and they're like hey did you take my bike and he's like yeah sorry I thought it was mine this is all a bit of a mix up it's over here uh, they give it back then it's 30 minutes of a you know a Fellini-esque uh, joyous bike ride through Rome putting up posters of Rita Hayworth uh, no uh, they chase him the thief runs away they follow the uh, old guy into a church yep. uh, uh, which is your favourite place right you must have been uh, like yeah Love yep. to see people well, communing uh, with the I, Lord. I, 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 did, I did like the scene because they uh, ruined this church service. Yeah, no. He... It turns out this old man is not like they assumed some nefarious grifter. He is a beggar, uh, and he and he is he is going to this church because you know on on a certain day of the week they they provide uh, free meals and like shaving a haircut, do uh, do 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 uh, to homeless people. Uh, but yeah, and so Antonio is just harassing this man while they're reading hymns, and he's like, "I'll go to the police. I will I'm, pay I'm, I'm you. taking you. I'm taking you with me. Look, I, I just want to know where the guy lives. Yeah, like, come just, on, just just come with just come with me to where the guy lives. Look, look, I've got nothing to hide. You've got nothing to hide. So come with me. Why would you come? Look, yeah. are you look? Are you this, this, look? This is this is your last chance. Okay, I'm getting sick of this. Are you going to come with me? And the entire time, the guy's like. Leave, leave me alone I'm tr- yeah. I, I, I am pretending to pray so they will give me food and, and like uh, far be it to, to dissect the frog too much but like so much of the brilliance uh, the undeniable brilliance of this film I think is kind of encapsulated in the fact that in this scene you absolutely understand why he is so desperate like uh uh, the first 15 minutes of this film are a uh, beyond test book a master class in how you set stakes for characters and no point in this film do you not understand why he has to get that bicycle but also you're like dude stop you are so torn you you feel both emotions so simultaneously you feel as conflicted and as wound up as he is and that he's doing it surrounded by people kind of making a disturbance and it it like it really makes me start questioning the thing that scene made me think about was like yeah what are acceptable limits of public distress yeah because part of it is you're like dude you're being a bit cringe but also you aren't but like that's his whole fucking like yeah yeah 
His family needs to eat. He has an adorable baby who's in one shot, but that shot is an incredible shot of an incredible baby. Five stars baby. <laughs> the Guardian. Just before they get into the church, when they're like just started following the, the beggar, Antonio catches up to him on a bridge and for like the first time says, I have to know where that guy's going. I need to know what your relationship to him is. And 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 there there is the moment where where the guy like turns around, and you and you see he's just carrying like an empty tin, which he needs to like take to the church to get his food, and mm. and, and and you realize like, oh, he is not trying to fuck him over. He is just a guy who is yeah. in an even worse situation than they are. And as you realize that, Antonio realizes it as well, but he still has to, like, he still has to. Mm. Just keep pushing this guy harder and harder because if he doesn't keep making this this guy's day way fucking worse, like it, it, like he, he, his he life no, is ruined. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah he, he he has no shot of, of providing for his family, and and so like he 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 can like feel himself having to become like kind of a monster of the sea, but he is he's yeah. like continually justifying it, and you can see him justifying it and getting worse and worse over the scene. And and you fo- and you're you're the you're the boiling frog because you follow him and, and you 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 understand after yeah. after the church, um, he's they him and his son get into an argument. Uh, I can't remember what about. But he sh- slaps his son, yeah, uh, uh, and, and, and it, it, it is it is like, you know, like it is one of the like top ten betrayals in in film of all time. It's, yeah, is, is him is him slapping his son. Well, and, and he and that is like, and that moment is so painful mm. and so clearly unacceptable that it it is obviously De Seeker being like you know how he got here you understand why he did that but look how fucking horrible it is and then it does this horrific trick which is then it makes you think his son has drowned (laughs) but his son is fine uh i'm not really quite sure like that scene is great because he yeah his son runs away uh, uh, and then you start hearing, oh no, there's a boy in the water, and there's this big crowd of people pulling a kid out of the water, but yeah. it's not, it's not his son, uh, and his his son is just uh, up, up some steps, uh, uh, looking great. This film uh, looks incredible, shot yeah, by yes, Carlo Monteuri, and uh, yeah, oh man, and just. Uh, uh, we both watched Finn's uh, Arrow Blu-ray of it, and oh, I just love that grain. <laughs> yeah, uh, great, 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 great job, Arrow Video. Uh, yeah. Yet again, you've you, you've released uh, another incredible-looking uh, uh, edition of a fantastic movie. Uh, yeah, spon- it, killing it. Sponsor us. I know you already have your own podcast, but you know you could always have a second. Um, yeah, I, uh, I would look if you could just send me uh, your your uh, your your not yet released uh, Nobuhiko Abayashi's anti war trilogy uh, Blu Ray box set. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. I've all, I've I've already bought one of the films in the trilogy from you, so I feel kind of weird about buying the whole box set again. But you know, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to do it. I uh, yeah, uh, uh, me the same, but out one anyway, um, or the Roma <laughs> uh, box sets anyway. <laughs> Um, 
and, and he take and uh, as way to apologize to his son, he's like, "Let's go get a pizza." And yeah. so they go to a restaurant that's not a pizzeria, and so order some fried mozzarella. The it, it looks like the most delicious looking food there's ever been his son is looking over at this other kid this kid in a rich family trying to get her attention um but he gets more and more disheartened as they eat more and more meals and his dad has to be like yeah they're earning a million a month yeah and while they're having dinner his dad is being like you look come on let's do the maths this is why i have to get the bicycle and and i'm sorry but like let's talk us through this let's talk through this he gets his son to do the maths um uh, of how if he just has this bicycle everything will be fine kind of making his son kind of complicit and it is it is a scene that is both like all scene, all good scenes that examine fatherhood, a moment of sincere connection and uh, uh, also a uh, um, an agent of patriarchy brainwashing the young, um, because it is through this that you see how, and, and this is the moment where you see where it is laid out how much he has internalized the system that is the real enemy like uh, it is it is not an interesting take at all but like obviously like this the the miracle of bicycle thieves is that in in 90 minutes it does what the wire spends five seasons saying which is making just an incredibly compelling case that the system is the problem at yeah. every level at every level we see the problem and in this scene as his father just lays out the maths of why he has to do this you just got to do it right within the thing doesn't matter what anyone else does you see how baked into it he is and how he is teaching that to his son yeah uh and then at the end of that scene they make peace with never finding the bicycle and go home happy the end right right Finn? uh uh yeah i've got a confession to make uh that wasn't the official arrow film uh version of bicycle thieves i just i actually sent you an edit that i made uh which i call the yay edit of bicycle thieves <laughs> Uh, it's like the opposite of that time uh, I, that dad cut the ending of Toy Story yeah, 3. Yeah. So it was them in, in, in the incinerator, then it fades to black and the credits play yeah. and showed it to his children. <laughs> oh, five star work, dad. Yeah. Okay, I, I, so I, I've, Finn. I've been, what? How, I've been thinking recently, you know, I, I'm not, not a fan of pranks. I think pranks are bad. But, but yeah. like that specific prank of of uh, of changing the ending of Toy Story three to be uh, to be uh, horrifying is uh, a very good prank. I I think the key to I think there are many good pranks, but the problem is is that a lot of the time people say they are doing pranks when in fact they're just bullying people. <laughs> yeah, and it is like no, the point of uh, like pranks are making some get getting someone involved in a joke that they don't know about but can laugh at too you yeah. know like one day someone uh, in high school they uh, uh, in maths class one of my friends replaced my chair with a toilet that they had spare and that's funny because it's funny that there's a toilet there and i yep. sat on it for the whole class and that like it's fine 
you know? If they had put a thing there that was like a spike saying, fuck you, youth, it stab you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I've got to say that the time I went into a maths class and there was a pike there and they were telling me to stab myself, that was a much that was a much more negative experience, no matter how much Vlad told me it was a prank. I'm saying Vlad the Impaler was a prankster. Yeah. No, he, he, he was a... He was a Oh, I was going to say he was a the real original cut-up, jackass. But, but, but like that's not quite, it's not quite, not quite the correct term. So no, okay, so Finn, if that's not the ending, what what then happens? Well, Antonio uh, decides to go and check out the address that the beggar told them, where they could find uh, the guy who took the bike. Uh, they go there. He's hanging out in the streets, a real fucking little tearaway, mm-hmm. and uh, and. Uh, so uh, he he, he that, like rounds, that the thief is yeah. which, just to be so clear. He, yeah. he rounds a corner. Antonio and Bruno follow him, and Antonio like grabs him by the lapels and shoves him up against a wall. And then all of the then like all all the thieves like friends and family like uh, like come come like come come out and stand around them, and and start like trying to intimidate Antonio and and the kid go. Uh, yeah. and, and, and uh, Antonio uh, refuses. And he keeps getting more and more aggressive with the kid until the kid has a seizure, or pretends to have a seizure. Maybe. It's yeah. If 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 he's pretending to have a seizure, then then this is a bit he does all the time. This is his like get out of jail free card. Yeah. He's good at pretending to have seizures. I yeah, and I like yeah. No, it it is deliberately ambiguous. Yeah. Um, and, and I like not knowing. I do, and it is like I kind of. It is interesting that I immediately I'm like, yeah, but he is faking it because that makes him the bad guy in the story, yeah, yeah. which is what he resolutely isn't. Like he's just another desperate person. As as we the uh, they get the police, they search his house where he lives with his mother and two other siblings in one room. A life much more desperate than even Antonio's. And you're like, even if he did steal, he was also just doing it to fucking live. Yeah. But, 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 but like then outside, there's like a big crowd gathered around. And all these people outside are like his friends and his family and his neighbors. Yeah. And they are there as like a show of strength. If you actually like try and accuse Alfredo of anything, we will all be witnesses against you. And like you, you, you don't stand a chance. And, and, well, and, his like, mother a, a, a bunch, uh, and like a bunch of the dudes there are like clearly mafia guys. They're mm-hmm. like, if, if, if everyone else is kind of dressed like shit, but these guys are walking around like black pinstripe suits and we've got sunglasses on and, yeah. and, and they, they are like kind of leading the charge of trying to intimidate Antonio into, into like getting out of there, into like, like, into like getting off of their turf. <laughs> um, his mother, uh, uh, Alfredo's mother keeps yelling, he's got a clean record, he's got a clean record. And it is like, oh no, I, be- I buy that to be true, even though we have seen him steal the bike. I, uh, I-, I believe that this was a moment of desperation, you know? Mm. Uh, and so the sense of this community coming together to defend him makes absolute sense in the moment because it is just one guy being like you stole my fucking bike and if like if someone just ran you know the classic 
Mm. barged in and started pointing at Finn and, and started yelling, that man stole my fucking bike. People, we, we'd, we'd all stand up and be like, but he's got a clean record. <laughs> he, he, you don't know, like, why would he do that? He, he lives he, so nearby. He, he's famous for walking everywhere. Yeah. It's like the main he, thing people know about him. And so it is, it is this, again, a moment where you see, you understand uh, Antonio's desperation in this moment, even though it is driving him to horrible extremes of just being a real dick and you you understand this the community rejecting him because of his actions and and the real the real villain in the whole thing is of course that the cop takes a moment alone with antonio and is like look once again there's just nothing we can do uh we're not gonna look into this we don't really care yeah and strong arms him into not uh, 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 pressing charges, which ultimately is a good thing because, uh, Finn, I don't want to freak you out, but I've been thinking, and I think that all cops are bloody annoying. Uh, what about... I was about to say, what about Columbo? Then I remembered his main thing as being annoying. <laughs> that's why he's the one good cop is because he is annoying rather than an agent of violence then what happens in the bicycle thieves then <laughs> then Antonio is walking away from the scene of, of his latest embarrassment <laughs> embarrassment is just such a strange word to use it makes it sound like this is an episode of curb your enthusiasm which like kind of it is you know, but, you know. I, I, I would i would i i like curb is one of those shows i have a lot of difficulty watching uh, as, yeah. as i might have said on, a, on an earlier episode of this podcast I, I, I got the first season of Curb out from, from, from a DVD store once. I had it out for one week, and in that time, I watched almost an entire episode. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I kept fucking yeah. freaking out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Every, uh, like, every two minutes. It was, it was too yeah. much for me. But I would love to see Larry David doing bicycle thieves for, for like 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not gonna walk back la- last week's episode where I said that the Borat films would yeah, be cyanide yeah. to you. But like these, these would be at least like poison ivy. You know, like yeah. <laughs> curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, it would not be uh, a pleasant time in Finland. Um. So after this latest embarrassment, where it's like, oh, here it is, the cop telling me that I can't press charges, oh, etc. Larry David, Larry David. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty stolen bicycle. Yeah. You know. they, uh, they, they run into Cheryl Hines. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jeff, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Yep, no, uh, the, 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 the reason I said Cheryl Hines is because I couldn't remember Garland, Jeff Garland. Uh, there's no way to find out. Uh, I, I don't know, and I will never learn. Yeah, it's Jeff Garland. I got it. Got it Got it in one. I'm incredible. What was that? The, 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 the writer, director, producer, and star of I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With. 
It is uh, it, it is a uh, 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 it is a romantic comedy from two thousand six, uh, starring Jeff Garland and Sarah Silverman. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've I have not seen it. I've heard it's uh, like pretty funny. Look, okay, you're never gonna guess this. It stars Jeff Garland as an overweight yeah. and depressed improv actor. No, no, no. That okay. That is, I, there's casting against type, and then there's you know where casting exists on a scale of things so obvious that it's kind of faintly embarrassing when they happen you know timothy chalamet playing young willy wonka to people being really cast against type in 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 ways that illuminate both the actor and uh the character you know your kate blanchett as bob dylan and this is that there's not a point on that scale that can contain jeff garland um, being an overweight improv actor. So, who with his son? Yeah, they leave, and you know what? Antonio is not feeling great. Uh, the uh, so I probably should have said at the beginning. Uh, David gets his job as Friday, and then the film takes place over the weekend, and he needs to be able to get his bike back before Monday. If he doesn't have on Monday, he'll lose his job. So he's had these, like, two days to search for it. And so it is coming to the end of Sunday now. He is, he is not any closer to finding his bike. And so him and Bruno are, are walking back from the streets, and they, and they see a soccer stadium, uh, which is full of people. A game is just about to end, and Antonio sees there's a whole shitload of bikes around everywhere. People are just left. So many bloody bikes. And so he tells Antonio... Uh, he, 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 so he tells Bruno, uh, "Go get on the streetcar, go home, uh, and I will. I'll meet you in a bit." And he walks off into a side street where there is an abandoned bike. He cases it a little bit, and then, uh, just like the thieves did to him at, at the beginning of the film, he jumps on the bike and rides off. Uh, but the uh, but, but the owner of this bike is uh, seemingly standing right in the doorway and <laughs> yeah. next to next to his next to his unaccompanied bike and making starts... this seem almost like it's a sting. Yeah, no, it, 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 yeah. The the, the 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 whole film was a setup. This movie was taken by David Fincher for the game. Yeah, no. Well, this is a, Sh- a Shyamalanian twist in the that when you watch Bicycle Thieves for a second time, you see how so so much of the dialogue that you interpreted one way the first time through, in fact, uh, reveals how much uh, the the characters are all part of a, a network of subterfuge to to a Kafka esque plot to drive Antonio to, to bike theft so he can be humiliated in front of his his son. Um, and it, it's, it, it casts a new light on it, and like all good twists, you know, it improves the film when you yeah. see it. It's, it's like Psycho in that way. Yeah. So, like when, so, you know, when you watch that film, knowing that that guy's Psycho. So, so, uh, uh, so Antonio gets on the bike and rides off, and uh, Bruno uh, misses the streetcar. There, 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 are, there are too many other people on it. He can't get a spot, and so he is left standing in the street, and uh, and uh, uh, and so he's standing there while Antonio is like a couple streets over, trying desperately to to like to ride faster to 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 pedal faster than all these people can run. But but unlike what happened with him at the beginning of the film, 
lots of people, lots of people come out to help. And the the the, 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 the man yelling like, "Stop, thief! Stop! He stole my bicycle!" People were sort of like, like the, 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 the soccer match has just has just finished, so there are pedestrians everywhere, and a bunch of people come like kind of come together to like slow him down, drag him off the bike, and. They you know gather around in a circle and they and they berate him and they you know shout at him and they tell him you know you're 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 going to go to prison and uh, and they, they 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 walk him back to where the streetcar was just left from and Bruno Bruno sees his dad being surrounded by these men and he knows what happened he knows that his dad just stole the bike well well he sees his dad on the bike oh, right, being right, yeah. chased yeah yeah. yeah. And yeah, and, but, and, but, yeah, yeah, and, and and like when when Bruno sees his dad on on the bike and 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 knows that his dad is is now a bicycle thief, just yeah. and like th- th- this this fucking kid, seven years old, never acted before. It like it, he's incredible, and, and yeah, he was literally a a. a uh, De Sica was like looking at a crowd of people and saw this kid's face and was like, that's him, and got this moment of acting out of him, yeah. which is miraculous on all fronts. It's yeah. such a brilliant moment. Yeah, yeah, just just, 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 just be like, look on his face. The, 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 the absolute like heartbreak on, 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 on this kid's face as he, as, he, as he sees his dad, like, pushed like 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 pushed by the like horrors of systemic poverty to become the person that they have both spent the last two days hunting down is 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 an incredible moment of cinema and so antonio is dragged back over and bruno runs into this crowd of men and like and barges through and starts grabbing at antonio's coat shouting for him trying to get him to look down at him but antonio is too mortified by what by what he by what yeah. he's done and I feel like the fact that he couldn't even pull it off like it, it is it is the double it is the like embarrassment of i just just stole someone's bike which is likely as important to their livelihood as my one is to mine and also i couldn't even i couldn't even fucking get away with it like i i don't even have the good luck that most other thieves had to 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 be able to make a clean getaway well and, and he is seeing himself for the first time uh uh, uh just f- as the film is not with him for the first time because yeah. uh maybe i'm wrong but i think being with his son as his son misses the tram and then that when we see him fleeing on the bike we see it from his son's perspective yeah is the first time we've had a viewpoint character within the film who is not antonio so it, it like he he feels it uh, so we see it from the outside just as he does he realizes how ruined by the system he is and like we also realize that a bicycle thievery is the only thing like metaphorically is what we will all end up doing in this system hmm. So and out of shine and sound well, I call well, it shite I guess well, there was also, no yeah, so, yeah yeah so then uh, <laughs> Yeah, like once Bruno's in there, like tugging at Antonio's coat, all the other men look down, like, "Oh, you, 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 like you stole the bike in front of your son. What, 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 what a bad father you are. You know, he, he's, 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 like, you know, he, he's gonna, he's gonna grow up to be like just as bad as you." 
and and uh, then the the the, uh, the 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 going spiker was decides, you know what? It's too much hassle to go to the police and press charges. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and 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 all the other guys are like, oh, yeah, lucky. If it was me, I would uh, beat you to a pulp. But, yeah. but they, they they let him go as well, and. Antonio and Bruno walk off into the crowd, and, and and like as they're being enveloped by by this group of people, Br- Bruno, with tears streaming down his face, reaches up his hand to his father and and, gr- and grasps Antonio's hand, and uh, then I uh, start crying forever and I never stop. Yeah, and, no, it's. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a brilliant piece of of. It's the perfect ending to to a perfect film. Yes. Uh, uh, which makes it all the weirder that then just on screen it says fine, which is like the one note I would change. I don't. I think it's a bit of a tonal mismatch to build to this moment um, of I mean, look, like, complex feeling and it, then it, just it, being it's, like, it's fine. A, it is a well-known fact in film circles that Vittorio De Sica uh, suffered from imposter syndrome, and so he, he, sort of, <laughs> he, he didn't want you to leave the movie thinking he thought it was too good. He's like, yeah, look, yeah, look yeah. okay, I, I, I did okay, yeah. That, that's nice. That's good work. Have you seen much other De Sica? I've not uh, I, seen I've any seen, other. Yeah, I, I've seen no other De Sica. M- m- my, my, my original idea for this episode was to watch uh, this and uh, uh, was, was to watch Bicycle Thieves and a movie that he uh, – and, and another movie he directed, uh, 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 mm. which is called A Place for Lovers in 1968 – with Marcello Mastriani and Faye Dunaway, which is supposed to be pretty bad, but but then, but then Youth was like, well, all we could do uh, BMX bandits, and I was like, oh yeah, no, that, that's that's a much funnier that's a much funnier idea. Uh, and oh, I mean, we're about to get to it, but holy shit, what a what a good film. Um, uh, uh, yeah, De Sica. Uh, uh, this this film broke huge. Mm, yeah. uh, uh, it, it was given an uh, like uh, an honorary Oscar. The film as like best foreign film ever in the sixties. <laughs> um, it was the, the, the next. This was the first film to 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 top the sight and sound list, which came out like three or four years after it was in like in their first list in the fifties. It's never not been on the list. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it sits right at the birth, uh, uh, of Italian neorealism, Italian neorealism, clearly like so many things. owe so much to this film, to how it looks, to, to, to working, to how it works with non-professional actors, to the way that it 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 does the nouvelle vague, uh, twenty years, well, fifteen years before they did, by being like, yeah, let's make a film about just a regular person and their struggles, and it doesn't have to be big and heroic. It will in fact be the opposite, but he will still be the lead. It's like there had been many films, of course, about villains, but but making us follow someone who we couldn't always agree with and then making sure that we know that this man is not unique. The the To me, the best shot of the film is when they take the linen that they're trading to get the money to get the bike 
and they put it and and the guy climbs up this ladder and you pan up and there are thousands maybe tens of thousands of bags of linen and it is uh heartbreaking and those moments of ecstatic truth that are founded both in like the intimacy and perfection of these performances knowing these people and how well De Sica then gestures towards the universal Mm. it's like you watch this film and it's about everyone um so you can kind of understand why it's huge right and it is weird that he then he never really he he had a long history of working as an actor and he produced a lot of films Mm. and directed a lot of films but none have re like they're not even really you don't even really know them you know uh, yeah the, 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 the like other big film he did what was, was was one called umberto d which is another like which is uh, which is another neorealist film which is also supposed to be like incredible and is on the it's on, it's on the, uh, and is on the letterboxd uh, top 250 oh yeah no i uh, yeah i'd never heard of that film uh, uh, he 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 did uh, the uh, uh, he he did the movie two women with with sophia loren uh, he he did a uh, marriage Italian style, which I like both both of which I've heard of, but don't really know anything about. And he did uh, the garden of he did uh, the garden of the Fitzy Contini, which I only know about from a joke that Elliot Kalin made on one episode of the Flophouse, where the joke was that he was referencing an obscure movie that only art shits know about. Uh, but yes, like sound as shit, euphonious, yeah. uh, 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 like top category. Uh, if someone were to say this was the best film ever made, I could not disagree with them. Even yeah, though yeah, I don't no. personally think that's true. Yeah, um, I, I, I was I was thinking that, that that exact same thing last night. But yeah, yeah, I I have I I I have no argument that this is not the best film ever made. Uh, I, there is one argument, and it is absolutely a nitpick, and it is the dubbing and that is just simply yeah. a fact of how films were made at that time yeah. in that country but it is it is the one grain of sand on the lens and that does not take it that doesn't stop it being an a plus you know it's yeah. not a point off um on my list of all the films we have watched plus force majeure cold fish and love exposure it is at number where did i put you it is at number 17 which is above barry linden and beneath m by fritz lang uh on my list is it is at number two between ali ferrets for soul and once upon a time in the west yep uh uh absolutely buy it i I just haven't thought like you have you, this film clearly just sits in your mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and like, uh, uh, I just need to think about this film more and it will creep up this list. And uh, uh, I'm so sure the more I visit it, the more I will see in it and the more I see in myself. And like the nice thing about the bicycle thieves is that as, as well as being, so, like realist and political it's also like touching and interesting it would be hard 
to think of a way to disagree with this film or not like it. So I'm happy to declare it universally beloved You've without uh, any... Got, ex- got some, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stop you because I've got some terrible news for you. Yeah. I, I've, 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 found, I've found a one-star review of this movie on Letterboxd. This is a one-star review of Bicycle Thieves by Letterboxd user Lita. What is going on in this movie? This main character is not at all likable, not rooting for him on any level. What a dick. After his wife sells her dowry, which is just some sheets, in order to get this deadbeat a bike so he can keep a job, he's telling her how stupid she is because women suck with money? After that, he gets the bike stolen. Then for the rest of the movie, he's looking for it with his son. And may I add, he couldn't be more of a douche while doing this. Did you find the bike, honey? Oh, shut up, you nag. This is why I didn't come home in the first place. Of course I didn't find it, but I did But I did manage to harass an old man and drag him around, call the cops on honest men selling bikes, ruin a church service, hit and verbally abuse our ten-year-old son, and then I took him out for an expensive lunch and a stiff drink, followed by a trip to the psychic with all the money we don't have. Afterwards, I rounded out the day by smacking a teenager around until I caused him to have seizures and attempted to steal someone else's bike, which I failed at miserably. Sucked. Uh, I do oddly my main reaction to that is is wanting to stress that he did not get his bike stolen he was doing his job uh, uh, and the bike was taken essentially from under him he didn't neglect it but also uh, what are you on about (laughs) like Uh, yeah no no uh, uh, absolutely like what? What do you? What do you mean? Like, like yes, but like, what if we could see characters we can relate to or understand do things we don't agree with as a way to process moments like that in our lives. Like a thing I take so much from Antonio in this film is not being like, look at this fucking maniac. It is like, I know the moments that are like that. Yeah. Where you are so desperate, you, you you lose control and you understand why. And like having no empathy for that, I think reveals a lack of empathy for yourself. Yeah, like this is a movie. This is a movie about like how close we all are to being Antonio in 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 yeah. in, in in all the senses that he is himself, like, and and that everyone is an Antonio. Like yeah. everyone is close to it, and it and it is everyone. Yeah, we are all bicycle thieves. That's why it has to be plural. Yeah. Uh, so, would you like to guess uh, Lita's top four films on Letterboxd? Okay. Yeah. Since Lita was so insistent that uh, the main character in a movie had to be likable, uh, I think this first movie must be a mistake. Okay. It's a uh, movie with uh, zero likable characters. Uh, maybe, maybe one. Oh, the Lego movie. No. Uh, is okay. Is it a Tarantino? Uh, no, but but there, but there is a Tarantino on the list. Oh, okay. Uh, what a surprise. So a film with no likable characters in it. Uh, 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 give me a decade. Uh, 1930s. The Wizard of Oz? No. You just fucking or, or, hate or, or, Toto. Your you, anti-Toto you, you, agenda. It, it is not The Wizard of Oz, but you have the right director. Ah, oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. 
Gone with the Wind. Yep. A movie where the one likable character eventually says, actually, you know what? I, I sucked and I'm a coward. I'm going to go join the Confederacy and that'll make me, that'll make me a real hero. Well, uh, as our general episode proves, I think that's good and fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Gone with the Wind is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer in that uh, it is has influenced a lot of work that has grown from it and all the work that has that grew and has grown from it is at this point much better so holding on to it is nostalgia and in the case of gone with the wind nostalgia for a time you were not alive i i, I just don't think there are many like 90 year olds on letterboxd yeah uh so uh the uh the second film one of the they might be giants uh is credited in it as the singing voice of one of the characters is so is it a musical uh no. Okay. Um, uh, I, 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 I think it. I, I think it might have some songs in it, but I, I don't believe it is a musical. Is it a nineties film? No. Um, what decade is it? Yeah. Two uh, thousands. All right. Is it? Um, have I seen it? Is it good? Uh, you have seen it. And I believe it is supposed to be, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is good. I, I, have, I have not seen all of it. Ah, uh, The Matrix Revolutions. No, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen The Matrix Revolutions. Oh, okay. So, uh, The uh, Matrix Reloaded. Other people in the cast. Uh, Keith David. Ian McShane. Uh, I, I think pretty much anyone else gives it away, but uh, uh, Keith, Keith David, Ian McShane, uh, John Linnell from *Them at the Giants*. Give me a genre. Uh, fantasy, sort of. Uh, Keith, Keith, Keith David plays the voice of a cat. Is it uh, Stardust? No, although uh, Neil Gaiman is involved. Oh, Beowulf? No. F- 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 Mirror Mask? No, more, more, more like Sardust. Coraline? Yep. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, right. Of course, fuck, yes. Yeah, duh. Yeah. What a film. John, John, uh, John, John, uh, John Linnell plays the singing voice of John Hodgman. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like, I, I didn't know that, but I knew it, you know? Uh, what a we, film! Uh, ne- uh, next, we have uh, one of the uh, one of the defining films in its genre, uh, which is now uh, irritating to think about because of annoying people quoting it. Spider Man. Nope. Okay. Is that the right genre, though? No. Okay. What is the right genre then? Uh, the right genre is comedy. Is it Mel Brooks? Uh, no, it is not. Uh, okay. Is it uh, airplane? Uh, no, but but like you you sort of like sort 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 of in the right area. Like hot shots? No, no, no. It's it's not it's not a it's not a Zucker Abrams Zucker. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, it, it's so uh, uh Was it made by a sex criminal? Uh. 
Yeah, one of the directors is a is a, is a bit of a sex pest. Oh, uh, God, that really doesn't na- narrow it down, actually. Mm. Um, so, from the 70s. From the 70s. Is Linda Cardellini in it? No, no. who is? Look, if I give you literally any of the main cast, yeah. it will give it away. Yeah, yeah. It, fuck. Um. Ah, oh, come on. Uh, it, did it start a franchise, or did it just define the genre by being really good? It defined the genre by being uh, really good. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, so uh, some uh, some characters in, in the movie. Oh, oh, yeah. Is it a Monty Python of it some is. kind? Yeah, yeah. Is it so Life of Brian? No. How Holy Grail? Yeah. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Life of Brian is clearly the bit. Anyway. Uh, and then uh, the final film on the list is a Tarantino film. Uh, I think his best film. Uh, JB? Yep. Jackie Brown. JB Hi-Fi? Yeah. So, Finn. Yes. BMX Bandits is as good, I say it again, is as good as Bicycle Thieves in the exact opposite way, uh, part of which involves it being bad. This will not end with me saying it is number two on my list. Number two remains A Brighter Summer Day. (laughs) The number three, Blue Velvet. Number four, no, don't worry, is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Possession is safe at number one for now. Um, But, like, uh, as we have said, like, De Seeker's success... In Bicycle Thieves, is that while feeling utterly natural, every part of it gestures towards both the personal and political while feeling utterly real and absolutely choreographed and knows what it wants to do. And it does it better, maybe, than anyone else ever has. Yeah. Um, and the BMX Bandits does that. But instead of neorealism uh, and important things, it is it's a, a films for teen, children. Yeah, it's a light teen adventure comedies. Yeah, literally the first draft of the script, the leads were eight years old. Yeah. And when you know that, you're like, that explains some of the dialogue. <laughs> it, it is about a team of people who ride BMX bikes around Sydney defeating criminals and uh, all of the action scenes are well shot all of the jokes are are at least charming and it is full of like the thing I don't think we can ever capture in words you have to see this film it is on both Amazon Prime fuck you Jeff Bezos and Netflix fuck you fishing Ted Sarandos nah nah who gives a shit I don't care um, he he gave me he has only given me one true gift and that is a new uh, 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 a new thing to annoy Briar with with the amount of times I've said to her I'm thinking of ending things uh, or, or playing the beginning of that film oh five star anyway thinking of ending anyway no um, BMX Bandits almost as good as I'm thinking of ending things is what I'm saying uh, uh, no the thing that is hard to capture uh, about this film is how much exactly like a parody 
of an 80s kids film about bmx riders it is to the point where there is like all of the stunts there are so many stunts the one i think of is that one of them swerves into a display at the front of a bookshop and you can clearly see they're going to miss it and that they just turn into it um there there are so many times where like it it is bad uh uh in a way that is never not charming and delightful and uh which takes incredible skill and so it is like there's just so many cutaways to like a priest holding a piece of pizza they've thrown (laughs) and looking perfectly quizzical of course at at one point they head into a restaurant and i was like am i gonna see someone get a cream pie in the face and then at that moment they cut to without context just a cream pie going to someone's face It, 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 it does one of my favorite things which is just like taking the like oldest creakiest physical gags and just like saying like yeah we're 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 gonna do this gag there is a bit where uh, there is a a chase scene for a cemetery and as they're coming out of the cemetery uh, there is like like an old drunk sitting outside with with a bottle and a brown paper bag and uh, so they feel like the the, 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 the the kids all like climb over the fence and they jump out and run away. And then and then and then uh, uh, and then the two villains who are chasing them, uh, who, who who are wearing like uh, who are wearing like Halloween store goblin masks, they they, yeah. they run and jump over the fence as well. And uh, and 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 this and this old drunk sees these two men in goblin masks jump out of a cemetery and run off into the night. And and he he looks at it. He looks at the bottle and he and he pours it out while shaking his head. And like yeah. it's I I fucking I fucking love that gag so much. And it it, it is it is the single hackiest joke that you can maybe the like it's maybe the single hackiest joke you you can do. But but like they 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 just do it and and there is zero cynicism in. in that gag they just they just they just like play it completely completely like completely straight it's it's great yeah no saying it has no cynicism is absolutely yet on the money because while this is absolutely a children's film about uh two tween bmx bandits teaming up with nicole kidman um slash an adult man in a nicole kidman wig on a bmx uh to take down some bank robbers uh uh, and it is like knowingly ridiculous it is a live action cartoon um it it is never pandering like it is it's it's being ridiculous ridiculous and fun because that's like kind of well and it's like and and the fact that they balance it off against like the big final set piece is you know they jump off their bmx's onto the top of a van and you know they had a 41 day shoot they must have had at least two days shooting them on top of that van and it's genuinely like thrilling and interesting yeah having seen police story recently the the movie where jackie chan hangs off a bus it is not noticeably worse than the scene in police story where jackie chan hangs off a bus it is it is a it is a like very like well done sequence like like stunt sequence of of these kids hanging off a hanging off a moving van it is it is like well done and exciting 
Well, the the thing that works against this film the most for me, the the credit sequence after, as I mentioned earlier, the title being spelt by lasers, oh, is is the two of them on their BMXs riding around Sydney. Um, and uh, talking in overdub dialogue while uh, 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 the credits roll and it's them doing stunts and like I kind of like that they're not great at it yeah (laughs) but like over that time you're like is this what the film is is it going to be just these two guys being not that good and but no they man like really quickly they have a run with, with with the baddies for the first time, then they meet yeah. Nicole Kidman, and then they become friends with her immediately, then they steal mm. some walkie-talkies, and, yeah. then, and then the plot <laughs> starts. And it's- well, no. And Nicole Kidman is 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 introduced because she's moving shopping trolleys, and and, and the annoying chubby kid who is eating in every scene. Uh, and I was like, year old Reese Matthewson. Yeah, I I was sitting there watching this, going, "Fuck, you are absolutely yeah. right." Yeah. Um. Holy shit. Anyway, no, but I was looking at him like, "Why am I not offended by this kid?" And I was like, "No, because there's a specific genre of like." greedy chubby white <laughs> male kids that i am all right you know yeah, yeah. i'm like no, no no and he he ends up being a good guy yeah. um uh, uh and, and you know he's their first customer with for the walkie talkies um and he he's constantly bothering her but every line has a joke in it and it and the jokes may be a bit hacky but it is still like when the police catch them because of the plot which we are absolutely not going to recount because <laughs> Uh, I think it's 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 a complex one that you'll have to find out for yourself. No, it's just an incredible set uh, uh, of vectors for action sequences yeah. that that manages to they introduce these walkie talkies and you're like okay why are they dwelling on these and you're like oh no because that is a solid plot mechanism and that they can talk into them and the cops can hear them but they can't hear the cops Mm. which manages that you then get these three sets you have the criminals chasing the kids and the police chasing the criminals and the kids as well while the kids don't know about the cops and think they're out smarting the criminals and that is actually a complex set enough of vectors that you get a bunch of really interesting action scenes and character beats out of it but anyway so like when the kids are brought in for uh uh by the police uh, uh, they're like, oh no, um, they're going to lock us up. I'm going to be here until my 21st birthday. And goes like, well, that's a long time away. And goes like, that's why I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they are they are two, uh, you know, uh, inexperienced actors uh, who are great at being on camera, yeah. but never quite know how to say these jokes. With, but it's it's like... It's charming. There's the bit where they're standing behind a grate and they talk about it being ah, oh, when when one of the uh, uh, the the heavies, one of the bad guys, uh, is pushed down a water slide, he uh, he yells out, "I don't like falling!" <laughs> it's just like there are just so many good a- yeah, ADR and, 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 joke and like, lines. And like this is a guy who both uh, looks and acts like Rupert Friend in the Death of Stalin, but like even dumber and more bumbling. 
and it is in this inc- incredible electric blue suit. Yeah. Uh, the other thing this film has going for it is that it is in Technicolor, super fucking widescreen. Yeah. The, uh, this so, director came on is a is an Ausploitation director. You're about to talk more about him. Yeah. But he was he was hired to do this because he can shoot action, and yeah. he he there is. A bit where, of course, Nicole Kidman is a bit made a damsel in distress, but also they give her enough beats within that where you're like, you're not, you're, you are saving this a bit. Yeah. And all the, all the BMX bandits are coming to save them. And so the gangsters go for their guns in the boot of their car and you're like, oh shit. And then Nicole Kidman, just like through one bit of trickery and then a quick kick grabbing the keys and throwing them away takes the guns out of the equation yeah, she, she, and, she saves all the kids lives and and but it's like it's a good bit of plotting it's a yeah. good bit of acting and it's a great bit of direction and it's in this film that is also like largely about like adults having milkshakes thrown in their faces <laughs> and then going oh those bmx riders yeah <laughs> anyway Talk to me about this director. I've no, so, I don't know him or his other work. Yeah, so this is Brian Trenchard-Smith. He, he he started off as a TV guy initially. His first credited thing is a documentary called The Stuntmen, and it's, it is about stuntmen in Australian movies and TV. And then he got interested in Kung Fu in, in uh, around that time, and he made a documentary called Kung Fu Killers uh, about, about an Australian... Uh, about uh, about an Australian stuntman called Grant Page, who who like goes to uh, who, who goes to like Hong Kong uh, to to like study kung fu, and so then then from that he got hooked up with Golden Harvest, which is the company that did a lot uh, that did a lot of Bruce Lee's movies and uh, and, and did a lot of Jackie Chan's movies, and and uh, 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 and so he directed uh, a movie called The Man from Hong Kong. Which is the first kung fu movie made in Australia, starring Jimmy Wang Yu, Sammo Hung, George Lazenby, and Hugh Keys Byrne. Oh, right. Uh, and Morten Joe himself. Yeah. And Rip as well, right? Yeah. Uh, is he did. I believe recently as oh, well. Yeah, anyway. Sucks. And Morten Joe. <laughs> is, oh, right, yeah. He's got quite off. a way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What so a then, good film. <laughs> Yeah, so so like then, well, there, there, there's there's going to be there's going to be another uh, uh, Fury Road connection soon. Just so like, yeah, then he just made like a bunch of like exploitation action movies uh, for, like, for, for, for the rest of the seventies, and then in 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 1983 he does BMX Bandits, like launches Nicole Kidman. And then a few years later, does uh, the, the only other film that I've seen, which is Dead End Driving in 1986, which fucking rips. That movie is so good, and like it, it is, it it, it it is like a uh, just super like grimy punk like bunch of teenagers are trapped in a place and oh like anarchy reign sort of movie but it's also yeah. like it, it is also a movie about how like australia is like uh, poisoned by racism and uh the only way to escape being completely uh, consumed by by the violence and racism of australian culture is to uh uh is to like uh, n- is is to uh not join the crowd and uh, be sober 
And I'm like, yeah, but no, but this movie was made. To, this movie was made exactly <laughs> for, for you. Me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and like since Ben ha- hasn't really done, like, he he's been working fairly consistently uh, since then. Well, like for for, for the like 80s and 90s, he 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 was like working production all the time. He 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 did Leprechaun three and Leprechaun four, which I'm sure I'll see at some point. Yeah, but then, it, then, it like, seems inevitable. Uh, uh, to do the leprechauns, we'll do leprechauns on here. I like there must be what what fastbender films can we match with leprechauns? Yeah, I mean, it's like since since then, since, since for like early two thousands, he hasn't really done much of note. The, the 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 like only thing that people might have heard of is he did a movie called Drive Hard with Thomas Hayden Church and uh, John mm-hmm. Cusack, which I only know about because it was covered on an episode of a Flop House. But he, he he was just like a really good like he, and, and my, the my the the thing I have not seen it either. Yeah. But the thing I've picked up is that that is obviously a horrific film. Uh, uh, because you know John Cusack trying to cage, mm. uh, uh, but apparently the driving in it is real fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it, I, it is like yeah. a, it is a super low budget movie. Like they, they like did, did did not have the resources it needed. But Brian Trinkard Smith has been making good movies without the resources he needed since the seventies. But, uh, but, but so the like other thing, the, that, t- the, the other thing that's really notable about this movie is that it was shot by a guy called John Seal, who is hmm. who is an Australian cinematographer who, like 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 a lot of Australian filmmakers of his generation, started out in 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 like schlock and exploitation films. He, he worked on a lot of Trinchard Smith's early films, uh, but, but, but like then, uh, like uh, then, like a couple of years after this, he started working with Peter Weir, and he shot Witness, he shot The Mosquito Coast, and he like, he, he like moves to America. He shot a children, he shot a Children of a Lesser God. Uh, let's see, he shot The Hitcher, he shot Gorillas in the Mist, Rain Man, Dead Poet Society, Lorenzo's Oil, The Firm, The American President, The English Patient, uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and then uh, Mad Max Fury Road. It's his most recent film. Like, And, 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 and he is currently shooting Furiosa and uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, the uh, George Miller movie with uh, Idris Elba as a, uh, uh, as a, as a genie. And the thing is, is that this is not a case of where you're like, oh, did you know this guy would go on? You know, yeah. you can see a you, few you, you, things of things like it's it's this isn't like it. Like, it's not like Nicole Kidman in this where you're like, you are a teenager doing quite a good job. But and we can see why you became a star, but you are not a star yet. No, looking at the way this film is shot, you're like, it is it, with the resources it is the the thing the one piece of information you should know going into this film is that they shot it in 41 days with the just sheer amount of cuts in this film the amount of scenes all of the action set pieces because they are on bikes are moving yeah that he made a film that looks this good with this you know it had a Hunt under a million dollars Australian budget at the time. Yeah. Uh, and that it looks this good, you're like, oh, no, no. that it, This isn't like, oh, the seed from whence the look of uh, the English patient or, and uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road and yeah. talented Mr. Ripley. It's like, no, no, he was like... 
he was he was that good from like from 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 yeah. the beginning. Like there was all this like this like gorgeous landscape photography of 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 of, of Sydney, uh, like uh, and I mean like all, 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 all of the chase sequences are shot in in like really tense and exciting ways, which like he knows how to show off the bike stunts and yeah and and being like I think my my like favorite scene in the movie for, for like how how it looks is is the scene in the cemetery. We're like at night they're being chased by 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 the bad guys, so they they jump into a cemetery. So these guys have to get out of their car and chase them on foot. And be like first shot inside the cemetery. There is this kind of like big panning shot up from like on a hill, panning over the rest of the cemetery, and it is just this like sea of crucifixes and headstones. They're just like reflecting in the moonlight, and it's darkness, but it's like overflowing with all these crosses and headstones, and it, it's, mm. it's this like incredible shot that feels like something that you know, it's like Sam Raimi did with miniatures in an Evil Dead movie. And, and, and then, uh, then, like as they're leaving the cemetery, there, there is this like fantastic tracking shot, like like sit like uh, go, go, going parallel to them. It's like them, them running out of the cemetery. The, the like bad guys in goblin masks like 30, 40 meters behind them. And then the, the camera's like a hundred meters back, like tracking parallel to them. And it, it is, it's, it's just was like, yeah, it's just was like fantastic tracking shot through, 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 through the cemetery as, as it follows him out of it. It's, it's it like, it, it looks, it looks so fucking good. Well, and, and like that, yeah, that is one of the clear high watermarks uh, of it. But there are also there are no scenes in this that are a bit sh- that that are done easily. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Even when they're doing exposition, they they have found interesting angles. There is a lot for about the first half of the film. The exposition engine are these bunch of of a burly cops. Uh, in their police station just being like oh so there's these kids on the bmx let's go find them but what about these pig mask robbers oh well you stay here and they'll be like oh listen to that he just said a uh, pop and ollie that's a bmx term it's oh uh, it's like yeah. i sincerely love how it's camp right yeah. like when i say it's bad it is kids theater it is kids theater kids television camp and uh, i feel it and that and that police station looks incredible. Mm. The colors are vibrant. The lighting is always motivated, but gives beautiful shape to them. I just remember there's one shot of the the lead woman cop answering the phone and as she picks it up to her face they've clearly just lit it so because her light is hitting her through a window but as she holds it up to her face the receiver just casts a beautiful kind of half moon shadow across her cheek and i was just like that this is like this is they did the fucking yeah. work you know and and it is it, it and it's like terrible but great you know like yeah. it's still called the bmx bandits but it like it's the fifth highest grossing film in the uk of that year and i understand why you've read part of the wikipedia page have you read the critical reception section no i i i i, I, I try and stay away from those before we so, do uh, this the, 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 this is the entirety of a critical reception section the, the film was released in the uk the Guardian wrote, There's a girl called Nicole Kidman who's rather good. 
Like that, 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 that is that is the entire critical reception of this movie, according to Wikipedia. And and, and like they're, they're right. She 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 is good in this. She she is so fucking charming. It is. Oh, uh, she get there's a bit where she, when she's been kidnapped by them badus. Yeah, the, um, the, the the main bad guy uh, looks like uh, look, looks like English Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that, these he was like a British actor of the sixties and seventies who has like bit parts in the Spy Who Loved Me. He's like fourth build in the Long Good Friday. He's like uh, third or fourth build in Quatermass and the Pit. He's uh, uh, the film or the show. Uh, the uh, uh, the film, I believe. Uh, good, good on. They're both good, but like TV is anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he he, uh, he he was he was yeah. He was just was like this sort of like minor uh, this like minor English actor, and and then he he fucking comes into this movie as this like as this like hardened London gangster who's had to escape to who's had to escape to Australia and now just fucking hates that he has to be in Australia all the time. And he's setting up this this robbery where they'll get a quarter of a million dollars each, but they've got to use these walkie talkies. Mm. And he is he's such a cartoon bad guy. Yeah. He's such a, a like I was like as soon as I met him, I was like, this is gonna end with him like falling into a puddle <laughs> of goo yeah. and yelling, You imbecile and and it I, like it basically does. Basically does, except it's uh, foam. Yeah. Inexplicably <laughs> foam. It is fucking... And uh, it was just like... It's just fun. Yeah. Like, in, in, in a way where, like, just being a bit loose and hanging out and having some good stunts and an inexplicable bit where they're on a boat. Yeah. Um... Well, no, that's so they can get the walkie-talkies. I was kind of worried, like, oh, this is a movie starring a 16-year-old. It's made by this, like, Australian exploitation guy. I was worried it might be, like, a bit gross to her. But, like, it's not. It, 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 is, it treats her really well. It's not It's not misogynistic at all, pretty much. And the, like, way it handles the, like, idea of romance between the three, between the lead characters is, like, really funny and, like, and, and, and like, doesn't get too deep into any of that and the film ends with them all just being friends yeah no it's this film's idea of romance is very sweet mm, yeah um and, and it is yeah it, they are the lead if you told me this was made as a pilot for a children's yeah. television series like a saturday morning like round the twist level 30 minutes each week they have to solve a different crime while being bmx bandits like that is the level they are operating at um but with more adr cannot stress how much adr there is in this film yeah, well, uh, frequently uh, 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 when you can see that their mouths and they're not saying those things it is but like it just makes it feel like handcrafted it yeah. feels like evil dead 2 it feels like rough and ready and fun like we're just gonna cram as much shit in this film you know oh mm. And also, with the like romance thing, there was, there was a joke that I really liked. There was like there was a bit where Nicole Kidman uh, falls down an open grave because it's a movie taking place in a cemetery. So she, she, she falls down an open grave, and then like and then like five minutes later, 
uh, 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 Goose uh, f- f- falls down in the open grave as well, and they're like sitting down there, and he's you know, she, she's scared, and he's like, "I'll protect you," and he puts his arm around her. And, uh, after a few minutes, he, he tries to kiss her. But she's like not into it, and he he gets uh, he gets kind of like, "Oh, you you're you're into PJ, aren't you?" Because he's hot. And she's like, <laughs> she's she's like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 hot, but you're you know you're nice and stuff." But being like, they're all they're all like cool with each other. Being that they after they get out of the cemetery, it cuts to the next day. And the three of them are like standing on a beach, completed a task or something. And it's PJ on one side, Goose on the other. Nicole Kidman has her arms around the two of them. And Goose says something. And then Nicole Kidman says, well, you know what they say, two is a company, free, free, free gets you talked about. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a funny joke. Yeah, no. And, and, and just, uh and then later on, and, and, after she's been kidnapped, there's a seat, like, she, she, she's in the car with, with the bad yeah, guys. Yeah. And... And uh, just to sort of like pass the time and also freak them out because they're dumb. She starts telling yeah. a story about a horror. F- she like makes up a story about a horror film that, 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 that she saw. Yeah. And she's just, yeah, she's, she, and she, she is, she is fucking selling it. It's, it's like the, 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 the story of this horror film that doesn't make any sense is so funny. And then, I mean, it ends with the, with the main bad guy being like, they're showing these movies to kids? God. Uh, uh, that that scene is in, is great. Yeah. Um. And, and is clearly, I think, the bit the Guardian is talking about when, yeah. sa- like, that is the star making to as as well as she rides that BMX down that water slide. <laughs> check it. Go to Shite Sound Pod to yeah. see a clip of that. Uh, she, there she, is. She, she so, rides a BMX down a water slide. It's uh, great. And, and you'll look you'll look at that clip and go like, oh, I do like that's fun, but I. There won't be that much more footage of people in water slides. There is like three to four solid minutes yeah. of the three of them on BMXs going down. Then the guy in the blue suit going, what? Like, they must have spent a half a day just on interior water slides. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, great stuff. It is up there with a scene in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where Napoleon goes down a water slide for scenes in 80s movies where... People go down water slides weird. <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of much competition, if I'm honest. But it's uh, uh, it doesn't have to be crowded for people to rise uh, to the top. <laughs> yeah, it, and it, I just like I was so happy watching this whole film, <laughs> and, and again, like the thing in my mind again for for me and finn the general and uh the dictator is literally yesterday uh just for because we're trying to catch up we'll hopefully be back on track we just want to anyway it doesn't matter why and like both of those films that are films you have to caveat all the time as you watch them and you have to sit there your brain being like uh and this being a film where you're like okay the worst this film is gonna do is it has one bit where they, uh, one of the BMX riders slaps a woman on the behind. Yeah. Uh, and there are kind of fat jokes about the chubby kid, but they don't suck. And you're like, oh no, this is just going to be 
BMX stunts and it's going to build to like a showdown between bank robbers and about like 50 to 100 kids on BMXs yeah. in, in, in a have, scene with have, genuinely so the grandeur many, of a Lord of the Rings battle scene. Yeah, like, there, it's there incredible. Are, there are so many more kids on BMXs than, than, than you think there will be. It is crazy. Yeah, no, like, think of how many you think there are, and it's at least one and a half times that, that many. Um, and, it, and like the like main reason that this, this film took 41 days to shoot, which is a lot longer than this type of film usually takes, is because the cast were pretty much all underage, and so they had to like they, 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 it took longer, so they didn't like violate child labor laws. And you're like, oh great! So it was like a fun, charming movie that, that like looks good, and also they didn't torture the children. There's, like, what what more could you yeah. want? Yeah, no, Nicole Kidman, I like sprained her ankle. The reason. The times you see Nicole Kidman uh, on a bike, she is moving either very slowly or clearly not moving at all. It's because she, like, sprained her ankle or something, so they just... They got a guy in a wig, and because yeah, there, 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 there were no stunt woman in Australia who uh, looked like her, which is, yeah, true. Yeah, she has a ve- like she has a very unique look in this film, which is like like teenage femme carrot top, <laughs> and that's not a. To be clear, that's a diss on carrot top, but a compliment to Nicole Kidman you know, in this if, film. If, if, if you go and look at the poster for BMX Bandits, be, be like, like, be like wonderful, uh, like drawn art poster. It it, 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 looks, it looks like Carrot Top is riding a bike at you. Yeah. And, oh man, what a poster. I'm yeah. just looking at it now. Oh, it's, 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 it's I so kind lovely. of want that. I'm going to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> I'm not, but maybe. Um, if I ever found that poster for like 15 bucks somewhere, I'd buy it. Oh yeah, t-shirt maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I I am I'm still just like e- even though I, I went into this movie knowing that I like Brian Trenchard Smith, like like that Brian Trenchard Smith is a good filmmaker. I, I was not ex- I was not expecting this movie to be anywhere near as fun and good as it is. It, yeah, it no, is, and it-, it is honestly just such a good time. Yeah, it, and, and as when uh, when I saw you to pick up uh, Bicycle Thieves, and was like, "Have you started watching BMX Bandits?" And you were like, "Yeah, I'm about half hour." And like the thing I said to you was, "The thing you have to realize is that it stays at that level throughout. Yeah. Like this film constantly feels like you're like, oh, this is just the big opening they're doing.' No, it's not the big. O- it is like it is so much better than it." Sh- should have been yeah. than and that it could have been and that oh like my major response is that i'm just like i can't wait to have children so i can make this film a part of their childhood <laughs> like my my the only thing i don't like about it is that i don't i i didn't watch this yeah yeah like once a week when i was seven <laughs> yeah like this is like absolutely one of those films but like if you show it to a kid, it, it will, like, inform their personality forever. Oh, uh, well. And, and, and I, which brings us to, do you want to hear a positive review of this well, film from for, for first, social like, media platform? Well, for, for, first I would like to say, this movie is sound. Yeah, sound as. Yeah, it, it, is, uh, it, it, is, it is so much fun. Uh, please go check it out. Uh, it, it is, it is it's, it's, just, it's just a real good time. And it's like... It's 
just on 90, maybe slightly under 90 minutes. Yeah. That it, the it, most it's, boring... It's the same length as Bicycle Thieves. You, 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 yeah. you can watch both movies in, in less than three hours. Like, this is a, this is actually a good double feature. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I, the Expandits first. I, I don't know. Because that's what I did. Uh, I don't like. Yeah, no, they're they're both great. Yeah. Um. It, it's on Netflix uh, and and Amazon Prime. Um. But oh god, where was I going? Yeah, no, it's it sounds and it like it's a weird, kind corny, eighties children's movie. Yeah. But it is the best example of that. Like, it is as good at being a corny children's adventure film as uh, Bicycle Thieves is at being neorealism. And one of those things is inherently more worthy than the other, which is why I only have BMX Bandits number 64 on my list, which is above Casablanca. But beneath love exposure. <laughs> okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, I have it at number 65 on my list. <laughs> it is above Guilty of Romance and below Marie Antoinette. Uh, yeah, no, well, that's kind of the perfect place yeah. for it to be. And it is like, it, it's, an, oh, I keep rolling around this, but it's like, it's not that it's so bad it's good. No. Because you're, you're not laughing at it. No. You, it, it is just like it's just being like, oh come on, this is dumb. Let's just have some dumb fun. Yeah, and ah, uh, yeah, check it out. Anyway, as we were talking about how great it would be to have this in 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 our, our childhood, uh, brings us to Jojo Wombat's five star review of the BMX Bandits on uh, letterboxd.com. One sentence. But this is, I think, the best possible review you could give this film. I legitimately tried to jump my BMX onto the milk van after seeing this movie as a kid. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. This should make kids do, do as much as, like, at the very end, they're like, do not do, do not, don't, don't, please don't do this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and, and and also the film ends with they catch all the bad guys. Then they 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 and then because they caught them, they get a they get a reward from the bank, and they use that money to open a BMX park for all their for all their BMX friends. I mean, over the credits, you see you see three different races as as like as PJ and uh, and then Goose and then uh, Judy, which is Nicole Kidman's name, all, all 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 have all have races to to see who's the best BMXer, and it ends with with uh, with PJ and and Goose getting uh, second and third place, and and then I mean Judy is handed a giant trophy, and she's and she's the best BMXer. Yeah. It's it, it is uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's it's such a charming ending. Yeah. It- it, I just, like I came, like the thing I came away like because what the like this podcast is essentially us trying to work out how film can be good yeah when it is so clearly a force for L uh, uh, if you know what I mean yeah uh, and the answer is be the bicycle thieves or BMX bandits like I um I man. <laughs> Uh, 
BMX bandits and bicycle thieves is up there with possession and Gertrude as <laughs> <laughs> uh, just incredible uh, uh, moment. Ah, oh, it just it, it just reminds you why you like film. Absolutely. Uh, 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 and I and uh, so uh, Jojo Wombat's top four, four pretty mainstream picks. Uh, I suspect they are Australian because there's two Australian films here. Um, uh, one we've already mentioned. Uh, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Ding. And another film from the same director. Uh, Happy Feet. No, but you're in the right area. Happy Feet 2. Oh, no, oh. no, no. Not by the same. Oh, well, babe. there is debate. debate? Yeah, yeah, oh, there yeah. is debate as to whether he directed that or simply produced it. Next is uh, the Romzomcom. Uh, warm bodies. No. So different romantic comedy this zombies. Fi- this this film's original tagline was the rom zomcom, I believe. Zombieland. What is warm warm bodies? Is the unthinking man's what? Have I seen this movie? Yes, I have. Or oh. yeah. Short of the dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last one here is your clue dollar sign aliens yeah there you go <laughs> aliens from the dead babe Mad Max Fury Road four films like BMX bandits and, and bicycle thieves that remind you that actually film is good <laughs> like it is and that doing this podcast was a good idea <laughs> What are we doing next week before I did, before I eat those words? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. Double shower. No. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Next week we are watching. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Next week we are watching Taxi Driver and The Driller Killer. <laughs> <laughs> We're, yeah okay we're, good we're, we're watching the good. film that cemented martin scorsese as w- w- one of the most important cinematic voices of the 1970s yeah uh, and uh, with that we're watching abel ferrara's first film uh where he casts himself as a man who is uh, uh who is sent insane by uh, by his uh, uh, by his next door neighbor uh, by ne- by his next door neighbor's punk band and starts uh, uh, killing people by drilling into their heads yeah, uh, a key part of the video Nazi. The video nasties. Video nasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sense of moral panic. Um, I am. I am. I I've not seen a huge amount of Ferrara, but I, I've seen his two films following this, and I'm I'm pretty interested in seeing uh, uh, his 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 first. His his first uh, proper feature. He, uh, he 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 had made one film before this, uh, which, which is uh, which is a porno called Nine Lives of a, of a Wet Pussycat. Uh, but 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 but, but this yeah. is his, uh, his first proper film. Uh, <laughs> I mean, barely. It sounds like yeah. No, Driller Killer has always uh, uh, set as kind of like. 
a cultural touchstone yeah. and so i'm happy to fill in that gap and, 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 and you know and any excuse to watch taxi driver yeah and and like truly killer is just one of the all-time great movie names like he he he, he fucking yeah. nailed it on that one and uh, I think in, in the lead up to watching Driller Killer, I'm going to watch a bunch of uh, I'm going to try and watch a bunch of Ferrara's uh, more recent films, which are very like a uh, uh, which are very like a slow and atmospheric reflections on aging and and like mm. and existentialism. I I just I really hope, and I know we're not, but I do live in fear of it being a chopping mall situation, yeah. where he either does not use a drill or does not kill people, you know. And I just, if there's one thing I hate, it's when people bone me on their drills. Um. Hey, Finn. Yes, you, Finn. Where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. Why not check out our website? It's at shiteandsound.com. Uh, if you like what I do, uh, I'm on social media as Youther Lives. I have a newsletter you can sign up for at bit.ly slash Lives. I have two other podcasts. One is called The Witching Hours, and it's an eerie audio anthology of uh, spooky tales and, and funny things. And the other is The Slow Path, a relationship podcast where me and my partner, Briar, watch Doctor Who until we die. Our theme song is The Nux. By Kazam Blam. You can check him out on Bandcamp. Check him out on Bandcamp, yeah. Uh, hey, if you like the show... Why not tell your friends, leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, send out a tweet, uh, uh, post about it on LinkedIn. Um, So I just, that was the laugh for your very plaintive please this week catching up to me. Uh, We're in Acquired Taste and it'd just be great if more people could acquire it. But like, honestly, uh, I don't, we don't really need much reason to to watch weird films <laughs> next to each other. Uh, uh, but it would be great for you to join us, especially this week. Go watch Bicycle Thieves and BMX Bandits. Really, you, you do it. I promise you'll have a good time. Uh, yeah, in that, yeah. Uh, film. Dear Lumiere Brothers, good work. Love. Youth are shy and Finn sound Nicholas. Um, that is everything we've talked about. What yeah. we're doing next week? Oh yeah. So it just leaves us to say that movies are good, especially these two. Go watch them. since uh, lockdown started for the first time last year uh, since, since, okay. since, since the 25th of March last year until now a thousand is it over a thousand See, I, I, was, I was hoping it would be it, 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 it is 833
which is yeah. which is pretty good. But yeah, I, I, I was I was hoping it would be a thousand. Yeah. Uh, once again, uh, you are you disappoint yourself and everyone else you yeah. know. I, I, uh, I had a couple of slow weeks where, I, you know, a couple of weeks I watched like two movies when I could have watched twenty movies, and ugh. yeah, I I can't really say anything because the way I am celebrating a a, a Tamaki Makoto transitioning onto the the re, the traffic light system of uh, Delta Control which means that we can actually go places is that I am seeing five feature films in one day in one cinema uh, and you you will have done that the day before so yeah. uh, uh, and then two on the day on there and so uh, yeah no I I I I, I, I think I, I, I won't be seeing last night in Soho uh, that night because I've been invited to a birthday party so I'm seeing Lucky. last night in Soho on on the Sunday I was I every time I was like we should do a special episode first films back and I was like no most of those will probably end up in the shit and the showdown you know yeah. uh, and that and that that will be in two parts again so yeah, uh, we can uh, uh, we can I, 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 I'm expecting uh, roughly uh, one two three uh, four I I I I I'm expecting like roughly four of the seven uh, like of the first films I see back to to make my like top 20 oh, yeah I'm four for five no because uh, I also got tickets for Halloween kills <laughs> um uh, uh, and to see Candyman again on the big screen so I know so yeah uh, 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 four of six so I don't think I'm gonna like Halloween kills and I feel pretty strongly that I will appreciate last night in soho more than i like it um going by all reviews of it yeah anyway um not that they uh (sighs) i don't want to it's hard to do the right thing did you know that that's what do the right thing is about is about how edgar wright since hot fuzz has made films that are like you're like yeah cool uh no, no, Scott Pilgrim is good, right? Yeah, Scott, Scott Pilgrim's great. It's his second best movie. Yeah, after At World's End. Yeah, At World's End is like third, fourth. What the fuck are you talking Finn, what the yeah. fuck are you talking yeah. about? Know, right? oh, Saying I've, I've, the general I've, is I've, not... I've, 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 seen, I've seen it once, so... Saying the general is not as good as Sherlock Jr. was formerly was formerly your biggest mistake, biggest mistake. But like the world's end is Cornetto trilogy by numbers, which is impressive considering they'd only made two before then. To the point where they're like, oh, we should have someone like Timothy Dalton in it. I oh, will just get Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and just like anyway, um. So fuck you is what I'm saying. Kill yourself. Please please don't. I like doing this podcast with you and people shouldn't kill themselves. Even if they're wrong about your great films. Well, you know what? I was I was going to, but I, I left my knife on the other side of a room and uh, just got like a screw just got like a multi-tool screwdriver here, so uh, yeah. not, not not a whole lot I can do with that. I mean I don't well, like I don't I, want I, to I I, 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 I possible i could do a very small yeah. amount of trepanning 
What is, I can't really tell what that it, it is. is. It's getting very, lost in pixelation. It's a very, oh. very tiny, like, screwdriver. Oh, yeah, you could certainly right. blind yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you get for not having a um, fontanelle anymore. That's what you get for <laughs> not doing the smart thing like I did and putting, um, you know, like speculums, expanders in there from a young age. So I've got, I've got an off button right up there. <laughs> if I ever panic, I'm one finger away from blissful <laughs> ignorance. 